Welcome to our channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up each day and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. How to lose weight? How to lose weight? How to lose weight? There are those fat people who want to lose weight, but they don't know the procedure. Here is the advice, and please pay attention. If you want to lose weight, then always shake your head from left to right repeatedly. Left to right repeatedly and faster. Left to right repeatedly and faster. How often should you do that? Every time anybody offers you a food. <laughs> Everybody do this. Uh-huh. Yes, and you're supposed to say no. Why can't I stop is my sermon title this morning. Many people want to say no to things. Now that, that guy was giving you a very funny instruction of how to lose weight. And you just simply need to say no to whatever bad habit that we have. But is it easy to say no? It's not. How long should I keep saying no? I've been trying to say no, but in my heart, I'm saying yes. And many people are fighting with temptations. Many people are fighting with sin. Many are fighting with, um, you know, things that they want to give up, but they're not able to. So this morning, we're going to look at, as part of this series, and this one will be the last one. And I'm sure you have a lot of whys. Go deal with it with the word of God. I've preached enough for five Sundays. I'm sure you got the point by now. Right? So this one will be the last one. Why can't I stop? Everybody say it out loud. Why can't I stop? And again. Why can't I stop? See, bad habits you have tried to break. But you can't seem to break it. Maybe you prayed. Maybe you made some promises to God. You said, God, if I, if you, if, and you, and you, like, there are many people who negotiate with God. If you help me do this, I will do that for you. You negotiate like an arms dealer. Some people you have stopped for some time and then you fell back. You prayed, God, help me from, uh, you know, help me to stop losing temper. I don't want to be angry at everything. I don't want to be mad at my loved ones. I don't want to speak bad language. I want to stop filthy language. Help me, God. And you stopped for some time. But then it came back. You feel... You feel guilty every time you seem endlessly scrolling on social media. And two hours later you say, I need to stop this. And often you walk away thinking, why can't I stop? You even feel worse. You eat half of the food in your fridge. That you bought for the entire week. But you finish it. In a day. And you ask yourself. Why. Can't I. Stop. You want change to happen. You're asking God for help. You're trying to stop. But it's not working. You are praying. You are asking God, you stop for some time, but you, are keep, you keep going back into the same trap, into the same habits, into the same temptations. And often when you go back, you feel worse than the previous time. So this morning, are you ready to get to work in, through God's word? And we're going to find out how we can get over this. Are you ready, church? 
You see, many people, in almost everybody, we have the right intentions. We do. But we just are following the wrong strategy. Because our strategy is based on our works and not based on the word of God. Because you're trying to change, but you're trying to change the wrong way. And this morning, I pray that this message will help you. And again, it's a bit of a deeper theological message and it you will feel a little incomplete because 30 minutes is not enough to give you the entire theology on the saving and the sustaining grace of the Lord and and it's it's not enough but I'm going to do my best to help you understand how you can change the right way the biblical way are you ready to go with me in this journey this is going to help you emotionally. It's going to be very practical. It might push, I'm giving disclaimers, okay? It might push some buttons or might open some doors in your heart that you didn't want to open. You might even discover yourself, oh, I never saw myself this way. So whatever that you might feel today as you're listening to this word, it's okay. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit will work in your heart. Amen? As you receive the word, don't receive it logically. Don't receive it emotionally. Don't receive it through reasoning. But just allow the Holy Spirit to give you a faith that will help you understand the nature of who God is and when he comes into your life, what can happen? Are you ready? Now tap your neighbor and look at them and tell them, you're going to be all right. Look at them and tell them, you're going to be all right. Many of us, we battle our physical temptations, our physical problems, thinking that it is a physical problem. Let me say that again. Many of us, we battle our physical problems thinking that it is a physical problem. But let me tell you, every single battle that you are physically facing is not a physical problem, but it is a spiritual problem. It's a spiritual problem that includes excessive eating. Is a spiritual problem. Many, many people consider excessive drinking of alcohol is addiction. Let me tell you something, and this might be bad news for somebody. As much as excessive drinking of alcohol is an addiction, excessive eating is equally an addiction. Somebody say amen. amen. You are telling me that if I eat one kilo chicken from KFC, that's a sin? Yes, I am. It's a spiritual problem. You have certain temptations that you are going through physically and you're trying to beat that temptations and overcome it physically. Excessive sleep, laziness, lethargic attitude procrastination. I will do it today, but that today is tomorrow. Procrastination, a physical problem you think, but that is not a physical problem. It's a lack of spiritual understanding. Turn to the person next to you, look at them and tell them, I am full of problems. But it's a spiritual one. You did not expect that. This is the reason that many of us are unable to bring a drastic life change in your life. You keep asking yourself, why can't I stop? Why can't I overcome? Why can't I start you know, new habits that is go in, in godly ways? And you try it physically to make it happen without a spiritual intervention. It's not going to work. 
it's not going to work. Because you are not a physical being. You are a spiritual being first. Your presence in this world is not a physical presence first. It's a spiritual presence first. Your spirit is what holds the divine presence of God, not your body. Not your body. In fact, your spirit is so much more important than how you look externally, how you act externally. Now stay with me. There are many reasons. There could be millions of reasons why you can't change. If you're taking notes, good for you. If you're not taking notes, I will pray for you. Because I pray that you will start that good habit because this sermon is not for you to change physically. It's for you to change because you are not a physical being but a... So your physical being will forget this sermon the moment you walk out. But you need to remind your spiritual being for which you need to write down. Somebody said... Okay, you are focusing, and and this could be many reasons, and I'm just going to point out one big reason that, that just brings everything under this, okay? And many of us, many of us, including myself, I have done this in the past, but God's word has brought a revelation into my life in such a way that it started shifting me. It hasn't changed every part of my life. I'm also a work in progress like you. But let's all go towards the goal of living under the God's word. Amen. One of the main reasons why we are unable to change is because you're focusing. Don't take this offensively, but it might offend you. And I'm not sorry about that. You are focusing on the poison of religion and forgetting the power of grace. You are focusing on the poison of religion and forgetting the power of grace. Can you all say that out? I'm focusing on the poison of religion but forgetting the power did you just say poison of religion? Yes, I did. Which religion do you all belong to? <laughs> You're like, okay, let, let, me, let me be careful in answering this question. <laughs> all right. Which religion? It's a simple, straightforward. There's nothing, you know, tricky about this question. Which religion do we all belong to? Humanity, yeah. Christianity. So my statement here says, don't focus on the poison of, of Cristiano Ronaldo a day. Of Christianity and forget the power blasphemy. How can there be poison in religion? How can there be poison in Christianity? If you ask me, are you a religious man? No. Officially, according to the Indian title, um, government title, my, my, my title is, I'm a clergy. Clergy, okay? Clergy means a pastor. All right? So they call me a clergyman. So looking at a clergyman, if you ask, am I a religious man? I would say, no, I'm not religious. And many might wonder, you are leading people in a religion and you say you're not religious? Yes, I'm not. I'm not here to pro you know, uh, promote a religion. Because Jesus did not die for Christianity. Hello? Jesus 
was not the founder of are you going with me then what did he do the ones who followed Christ were called so it was more about relationship than the religion what is a religion religion is our attempt to earn god's approval by following all the non-negotiable rules that's religion religion is simply an attempt to earn god's approval by following all the rules if you are trying to earn god's approval there's no christmas for you this year there's no easter for you there's no good friday for you you know why it is impossible to ever earn his approval do you know why do you know why it's impossible to earn his approval do you know why let me ask let me simplify this uh, we got the wonderful dilip and felicia here they have a beautiful daughter abigail should abigail earn your approval to be your daughter why it's her birthright it's her birthright she might have to earn their approval to go out of the house check in but she does not have to earn the approval of being a daughter to dilip and felicia because that's her birthright that's her birthright so which means that it's something that's already given to her so why would you want to seek approval for something that is already given to you in the first place turn to the person next to you look at them and tell them waste of time waste of time this is the poison of religion this mindset has poisoned every believer that even after you saved under the grace of god and the words of what jesus christ has done you are still trying to overcome your sin and your temptation as if you are waiting for his approval waste of time this is the poison this is the poison most powerful thing that can ever happen in your life is experiencing the grace of god because when you try to follow the poison this mindset of religion you are trying to please god without god he is saying you are already in but you're still trying to stand out and say can i come in can i come in he's like why are you out in the first place my grace has covered you you are set free the one that has set free will also take care of the rest the one who has given birth to a child has the responsibility to sustain the life of that child not every day abigail when she comes back from school excuse me mummy and daddy can you accept me back into this home today dilip goes well that depends can i be your daughter for one more day many offers are poisoned in our mind with this religious mindset 
There is a powerful verse in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, and I want you to read this out loud with me. It'll come on the screen. Shall we read together? For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to... <clears throat> Let's read that again. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Everybody shout, Merry Christmas. Now, that's your Christmas verse. Now we, now, we don't use that many times. Because for the grace of God in the form of flesh, Jesus Christ appeared for the salvation of all people. For the grace of God in the form of Jesus Christ went on the cross for the salvation of all people. For the grace of God in the form of Jesus Christ rose again on the third day for the salvation of. You know the word grace in Greek, it's charis. Everybody say with the sound. Charis. Okay, don't speak. Charis means the unmerited goodwill and favor of God. Which means that no man can ever take or put value and merit on the extensive nature of God's grace over your life. Stay with me. God's favor, God's power, God's strength is always a gift. And you and I can never earn a gift it's like telling everybody come to my birthday party and everybody brings gifts and then you say tell me the bill I want to pay for my gifts would you ever do that like oh, I can't wait to open my gift and many of us we have this entitlement deserving mentality towards gifts I wonder how much people love me. And you take your gifts and you try to measure the love of others by the value that they have placed over your life through the gift that they give. And many of us trying to overcome sin, temptations, bad habits, things that you want to break in your life by placing value on yourself. And looking at yourself and not placing value on the greatest grace that you have received as a gift. You see, if I gifted Kenneth a Lamborghini, he will not sleep in the house. He will sleep in the, in the Lamborghini. Because the most expensive possession in his life right now would be the Where we place most value is where we dwell. Stay with me. Stay with me. Are you, are you with me? Turn to the person. Look at them into their eyes. Is their eyes watery? If their eyes is watery, say, may the mercy of the Lord wipe away all the tears that came from the yawning. In your yawning, the devil went out. Now may the spirit oh, come back in. All right, stay with me. This is a very important message. And I want you to really understand this. All right? What was I going to say? So, merit. Where do you dwell? Is where, where you place most of value is where you want to be. And if you understand that the grace of God that is over your life is a gift that you could never earn, your mind will always dwell upon the grace of God. Now, here's the funny thing about your mind. Your mind will exactly stay where you place it. Where you place it. If you place it to be distracted, it shall be distracted. Your mind is simply what you have trained it to be. Now, this is why we have the exercise of prayer. We have the exercise of worship. We have the exercise 
of, of you know, listening to God's word because prayer, worship, and word tunes your mind to be in the presence of God. And being in the presence of God helps you to understand the grace of God more. And being in the grace of God places the highest value over your life. When you have highest value over your life, you will not be in the slum. You will be in the Lamborghini. You're with me? The question I have for you is, where is your grace? Not your friend grace, boys. <laughs> talking about the grace of the Lord. Stay with me. The mind is what you train. Where is your grace? Many Christians saved by grace... And the moment you're saved by grace, you think, now it's all on me. I'm going to take this grace and I'm going to put it to work. Hello? You have grace because somebody worked for it. Because somebody worked for it. You don't have to now get it done. You don't have to try hard. You don't have to check boxes. It is not about trying to be good. It is not about... Uh, trying not to be mad it's not uh, trying uh, you know trying not to have lustful thoughts it's about being in the grace which has the highest value can you dwell at the place that has highest value over your life here's the truth about grace the grace that saves you is also the same grace that sustains you you are not saved by grace and sustained by your works. This is where we get the strategy wrong when it comes to overcoming temptation, when it comes to overcoming sin. You receive grace and you start working to overcome. You start working to bring change. But the grace that saved you is also the grace that sustains you. Watch what happens in Titus chapter 2 verse 11 and 12. It says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Verse 12 it says, let's read together. It teaches us to say... Now everybody shake your head like this. Like you saw in that video. Shake. Why is nobody shaking it teaches us to say no. How often you should say no every time you realize that the value or that is placed in your life is higher and nobody can put a price on it and his name is grace of God. It's easy for me to say no when I know my value. It teaches us to say no. What teaches us to say no? The grace that saved you. And it's the grace that sustains you. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Now they wrote that hundreds and thousands of years back the same grace that helped them before WhatsApp, before internet, before landline, before television, before anything, any development of technology, even then, they needed grace. And it's the same grace that is still sustaining us through any ages and era that might, we might go through. It's a mindset. Grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Grace teaches us to deny our worldly passions. Grace teaches us to live a self-controlled life, an upright life, and a godly life. It's not about rules. It's not about law. It's not about religion. It's not about being angry at God. It's about knowing where grace has placed you. Grace placed you in the throne room of God. Grace placed you in the presence of God. Grace placed you with God. Grace placed God 
in you. So when you understand it's the grace of God that saved me, it's the grace of God that sustains me, you will stop focusing on the poison of religion and you will not forget the power of grace. How does grace change us? The poison of religion is always outward. The focus of religion is always outward. You, as a parent, you'll be like, oh, I don't want to yell at kids. You know, I don't like when I yell at kids. I shouldn't be yelling at my kids because I'm uh, mad at my husband. You know, I just want to yell at him. But sometimes I, don't, I can't yell at him. So I want to yell at my kids. I want to really overcome this temptation, God. And all you think about that day is don't yell at them. Don't yell at them. Don't yell at them. Don't say anything. Don't, 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 don't smoke. Don't drink, don't, no addictions. Don't go to that, that dirty website. Don't do this, don't do that. You, this is what you're constantly thinking about. You're thinking about your don't, your don't, your don't, your don't, your don't, your don't, your don't. And you try to take external measures to stop certain things. But you are not controlled from the outside. You're controlled from the You don't, well, many people might do this, but just because you see food doesn't mean that you got to eat it. Now, many people have forgotten that theory. And the problem is that you're supposed to feel hungry, so it has to be inside for you to reach out to something that is on the Outside. Religion, the poison of religion, always puts a focus on the external matters. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. Matthew 23, 25 to 26, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Can you put the verse on? Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and the dish. And then the outside also will be clean. The focus of religion is always outward. But the power of grace is placed inside you. It's inward. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 it says, I pray that from His God's glorious unlimited resources... He will empower you, not with outer strength, but with, come on, read it out, but with, oh my goodness, the inner, oh, you're trying not to show outer strength while you're reading the Bible verse. Great, great, very nice, so obedient church. Let's read it again. I pray that from his, God's glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You know, when I was in my 20s, many people, you know, when they were in their 40s, came and told me, watch what you eat. Because there's this thing called metabolism. Right now it's high. But a day is coming. And on that day, no matter how much you try, it will slow down. Now, I was skinny as a bamboo. And I thought to myself, I could never, ever have a belly. I want to be vulnerable with my church right now. In my 20s, I couldn't find a belt Don't say this to anybody. <laughs> that I had to tie a rope around my pants. Because I was as skinny as a bamboo. But a day is coming, my friend. <laughs> you might think that you don't have a belly. But there will be a day when there's 30s. What you thought is a high metabolism. 
will become a low metabolism. <laughs> the ones who thought that I could never have a belly shall have. <laughs> Ladies, you might be praying for six packs, but let me tell you, a man with a one pack is a blessing. Because <laughs> that's what you're going to get. Under that one pack, we used to have six packs. <laughs> Correct. There's this, this high metabolism. And then there comes a time that it just slows down no matter how much you try, man. I'm telling you, it slows down. For some, it has slowed down from birth and I don't have explanation for that, but <laughs> it, it just never got too high. <laughs> It slows down. And what happens is that everything that you have deposited in your 20s to 30s will manifest on your 32nd birthday into your 33rd birthday in then to your 40s and then into your 50s. It's a reflection of what you have done from your 1 to 20. And I'm saying this with a great burden in my heart. Whatever junk you put in. Now. It will bear fruit. <laughs> it will. Bear. Its fruit. It will come out. It will manifest. This is why I told in the beginning, take notes, mark this prophecy, put a date next to it. Every single young person listening to this message, if you don't eat vegetables today, if you don't eat healthy today, it will result in your body. Now you think, thank you, thank you, Jayan. The ones that clap have gone through things in life that cannot, that cannot be shared. But we know what we know. And we know what we are going through now. But a change of behavior needs to happen. Not when the sin or the deposit of the junk manifests, but before a greater time that you realize who you are spiritually. You are a spiritual being. Take care of it. Take care of it. Your behavior will only change until... You change your heart. You can sign up to the gym. You can pay for it. You can even have two-year subscription in advance. But that will never give you a healthy lifestyle. All the man up said... You can... Have a family doctor. You can convert all your children into doctor also. You have 10 children, you make them specialist in everything. Elders and heart specialist. <laughs> you are my son who is standing on the right. Okay, You become right lung specialist. You become left lung specialist. All sort of specialists you can have. But what you deposit on the inside will manifest. And healing can only come from the Lord. My dear doctor is here. Do you give healing or do you give treatment? Hospital gives you treatment. Doctors give you. This message is not a treatment. This is not an ointment. This is healing. Change your heart.
change it today. There are certain things that I'm trying to do in my life. Great ringtone, I love it. That I'm trying to change in my life and I know that I'm not able to do it externally because there are still convictions that need to happen in terms of my heart. And many of us are in the same boat. You are not able to put external practices into place because there is no internal change. You think your internal will change because of your external activities. It won't. You think that you will stop certain addictions. But you won't until you have a spiritual work that happens in your life. You think marriage can fix things. It won't. You think finding a great companion. It won't. You think money will change things. It won't. If you don't know godly stewardship. And if you don't have a change of heart. That would say that this is the resource of the Lord. And I'm going to be very, very, very careful and God honoring in how I use it. And if that heart change does not happen, no matter even if you have the greatest job, the high paid salary, you will still be a broken financial person that is just paid well. Hello, somebody. Money cannot fix your habits. Marriage cannot fix your habits. Friendships cannot fix your habits. What can fix you on the inside is giving your spirit unto God and saying, change my heart, Lord. Change my, that's what David prayed. Change my heart, Lord. Change my heart, Lord. If you're not able to take care of yourself physically, it's because you don't have a spiritual understanding about the nature of your body. Because what your spirit is living inside is a masterpiece of God's handiwork. That's your body. Have a spiritual, I don't like walking. Well, one day people will drag you. Heart attack. Why is he coming in stretcher? walking Yeah. Have a spiritual understanding in all areas of your life. Health, family, money, your own spirit being. I have come across many young people who are addicted to pornography. And I tell you, this message is a healing message, not an external ointment, move, fix message. And I want to point directly to young people who are addicted to pornography. And you're, you're addicted to that. You're using your mobile phones. You're using all devices. And you can use all the VPN that you can. No VPN can protect you from the eyes of God watching over what you're doing, my friends. I know what young people are going through these days. And you think that the moment I am married, I will stop this. You won't. You won't. When your wife goes to, his, her, to her mother's house, guess what you will do? You will open that device and you will watch pornography. I want to be practical here, church. Because unless your heart changes... Nothing changes on the outside. Nothing changes. This is the poison of religion. This is the poison of religion. You got to rely on the power of God. Not in your own strength. Not in your own power. You got to rely on the saving grace that is ready to change your heart. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, it says, But God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, there I am strong. How can you be strong as long as your spirit? 
spirit on the inside, your heart on the inside is addicted to the presence of God. Stop trying harder and start trusting God more. Trust the grace that is upon your life. Trust that the God who has saved you is able to sustain you. Because the grace of God is over your life, there is a higher value and purpose. When you know your value, you stay and dwell where your value is. You don't go to the pits. You don't go to the pits. The worship band can join with me on stage. You are only as strong as you are honest. You're only as strong as you're honest. I said external activities will not change your internal being. And if you want a change of heart, you got to start being honest to yourself. Start being honest in the presence of God. Get help. Because sin will grow in the dark. But when you confess, you walk into the light of the divine word. And light kills sin. Pause for a moment. Admit the truth in your heart. Admit the problem. Don't go around publishing your baggage and things on social media and people that you see around. Find trusted friends. Maybe somebody who is spiritually mature who can handle what you're about to tell them and, and somebody who will not judge you but empower the grace of God in your life. Those kind of trusted friends. Talk to them what you're going through. Talk to them what you're struggling with. Maybe you can speak to your pastor, but whoever that you cho choose to, talk to them about it. Be open because that is the first step of you admitting to say, I can't do this on my own. I need the grace of God. I put my value on the grace of God. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. Let me say that again. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of wisdom. It's okay. Stress eating scrolling through social media endlessly, complicated financial situation, bad decisions. Everything is because there is a root cause problem. And that root cause problem is a spiritual one. The grace of God is practical. The grace of God can take care of your practical needs. The grace of God can take care of your emotional needs. The grace of God can take care of your relational needs. The grace of God can take care of your physical needs. The grace of God is much deeper than you could ever think. The grace of God can penetrate into every area of your life and it can ch radically change you. It can take your fear away and it will take the control away and it will say, my God is seated and he is in control of my life. You might, feel, you might be feeling alone, you might be feeling depressed, you might be feeling left out, you might be feeling empty, you might be feeling anxious, you might be feeling angry. That's because you are trying to meet a need. Physically. And not spiritually. The problem won't go away. It will only get worse when you try to deal a spiritual issue with physical solutions. If you keep thinking, I need to earn it, I need to earn it, I need to earn it. That's a poison that is reducing the power of grace over your life. If you want to trust God more, if you want to trust that grace that God has placed over your life, I want you to stand with me. And say, your grace is sufficient for me. You see, the bigger the battle is, the greater the grace. In Romans 5.20, the second part of the verse, it says, 
where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Grace is a way out in your mind where you feel trapped to do something. But when you realized who you are and the value that is placed in your life, you're not fighting. You are surfing. You're surfing into what belongs to you. You know what happened with in England, in the royal family, where Queen Elizabeth, she died. Did King Charles III put up a fight to become the king? Did he rally? Did he go on the feet of a council and begged, I would like to earn this kingdom. I would like to earn my throne. Can you please make me the next king? I don't know how many of you watched the ceremony. I watched the ceremony on YouTube. And I saw how the Archbishop of Canterbury, the clergies, the council, all the former prime ministers gathered in the room. And the council said, declared that King Charles III should be the as he is the rightful heir to the throne, it is now declared that he will be the king. Then he was invited to the council just to take his position as a king. And the moment he took the position as a king, he summoned certain things immediately. And he said, as a king, I will defend the faith of the church of England. I will defend the faith of the church of Scotland. I will defend the faith of the church of Northern Ireland. I will defend this country. And I summon the sovereign grant to be paid to the royalty. I was like, what is this sovereign grant that he's talking about? So I googled it. The sovereign grant is something that the British Parliament has to pay for the royal family to keep going with their operations, yearly operations. And they pay about 14.7 to 15 million pounds a year. The king did not go and say, I therefore now request. I summon for the sovereign grant to come in. When you understand the value that is placed over your life, which you did not earn it, but comes to you because you are in the lineage of a royal blood, because of a king that was born in Bethlehem, because of a king of kings who stepped down into this world, a royalty that came to this world, a royalty that appeared for the salvation of everybody, a royalty who said from this moment onwards, it is finished because every single person who calls upon the name of Jesus will be rightly the heir of the throne of God and his kingdom. My goodness, that is called a paradigm shift. If you are, if you know physics, that's like a total turn. Your, your family tree has come under the royal sovereign authority of the great I am, who John does not begins from the cross, 
he begins from saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and it is the same word that spoke you and i into existence and it is the same word that said it is finished so that is why john 3:16 he so rightfully writes for god so loved the world that you and i whoever believes in him you have a place in the family tree of the royalty that is why we are called the royal priesthood the holy nation now when you are a royalty there is a sovereign grant that is funding your life which cannot match the penny of salaries that you are receiving i don't care if you got six figures or seven figures or even 10 figures or how many ever figures you have in life they what figure are you thinking it does not matter how much money or figures that you make that is something that you earned based on your ability what god gives is a sovereign grant that sovereign grant you simply have it because you are in his bloodline as we take part in the communion this morning this is a remembrance and a confession that says which bloodline you belong to why is it hard for you to give up your sins or say no like the bible says it gives you strength to say no that is ungodly because you keep forgetting your bloodline you keep forgetting your bloodline queen elizabeth cannot carry money because her face is the money and god finds it funny when you tell him bless me lord god finds it interesting when you pray bless me lord stay with me on this don't get trapped by you shall give more and he shall give you more that's a that's a poison of religion teaching prosperity you earn more as you give more oh my goodness you can never you can never give more to what he has placed in your life if the british parliament can give 15 million pounds a year for the royal family and if you want to place value on the land that the royal family owns for heaven's sake they own the country they have the riches that is extended everywhere and and if you want to place value on what the lord can do according to his riches and according to his glory and you are a royal bloodline then why do you need to pray bless me lord you are already blessed what man gives you is a salary but not life stay with me your job gives you some money not life your food that you eat might give you a little bit of strength until you feel hungry the next day but not life the clothes that you wear might give you a good feeling but not joy not joy 
what you put on the external is all that makes you feel good, feel, make you feel good. And there are a lot of gospels that is going around in the Christian world that makes you feel good. Feel good preachings. My brother, my sister, can you realize your bloodline and place your value on that? When you know who you are, everything is like, Echi. it's nothing. It's nothing. I am not attached to that. I am attached to this covenant. To this covenant. Thank you for listening to our sermon. We hope that this sermon was a blessing for you as well as your family. If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will meet you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.